0: One thing that the message I always kind of pushed out there is this is a nice, soft rollout of our business continuity testing right now. If you're gonna push the button on business continuity, this is the way you wanna do it because you have the ability to still access the office. You still have the ability to do things if you needed to, to get back in the office in a a critical situation.
1: Hi, this is Jeff Deverter with Cloud Talk, And the person you just heard is Mike Woolard, who leads security and compliance over at a company called OE Connection. Now, in our conversation, we look at his role through the lens of what's happening with COVID-19, and Mike shares some really interesting information about how he, in his role, is helping the company through these challenging times. But before we jump into the conversation, I want to encourage you to stick around when it's over. I've got some interesting information for you, and then there's going to be a short preview of an upcoming episode. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation I had with Mike. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. Well, hey, everybody. Jeff Deverter here with Cloud Talk over here at Rackspace Solve. As you know, I'm the CTO of our products and services and solutions at Rackspace. And we always are inviting folks in to talk about what's going on in technology. And at no time has this been better than right now, as we're all dealing with the technical and worldwide implications of COVID. And so it's been great to get to talk to different folks who are having to deal with that in their different companies. And today I am joined by Mike Woolard, who is the Risk and Compliance Manager over at OEC. Mike, welcome to the show.
0: Hello, Jeff. Thank you for having me on this podcast for a very timely and interesting topic today. As you mentioned, my name is Mike Willard. I am the Risk and Compliance Manager at OE Connection. We are in the automotive space where we build applications to help shops, dealers, and so forth locate, purchase OE parts as opposed to aftermarket. My team handles all the compliance certifications from risk and quality. We touch on PCI and all the privacy laws and requirements that come with being a global organization. We also handle a lot of SOC monitoring, endpoint security, web application, consulting within the business, anything that's really needed in the business from a security standpoint. We do have offices in five countries, headquartered here in Richfield, Ohio, with employees spread out beyond that. We are all 100% working from home as we speak right now. Aren't we all? Yeah, (laughs) normally that's not the case, but you know, time tells we are going to be doing this for the foreseeable future. So COVID-19 being the global beast that it is, like all companies, we have an impact on our employees and their professional and personal lives. So thank you again for having me on and look forward to this
1: discussion. Glad that you're here. As I mentioned before, you know, it's super interesting to get the opinions and the experiences of folks who are dealing with this on the front lines outside of just Rackspace. Of course, Rackspace having thousands of different customers. It's just incredible to talk to those and see how how they're dealing with it. Now, you mentioned just a second ago that while you have had some folks who work from home preceding this, now everybody's at home. So what was the work from home policy before COVID showed up?
0: We've always had like a flexible work-life type balance, personal life balance. So if you needed to work from home, if there was something that arised, you you had the ability to work from home if needed. It wasn't anything where you can do it on a five-day-a-week basis, but we were actually in the process of transitioning to a more flexible, even work-from-home policy. And the funny thing is, literally... The day they said, OK, it's it's time that we go and work from home as a company, that week was supposed to be the time that this policy was going to get some legs and start to be implemented.
1: I think it got real legs and ran away is what happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's incredible. So how many people work for the company, roughly?
0: Roughly about a thousand, a little under a thousand. That's
1: amazing. Now, everybody working from home. Now, if we were to, to rewind the clock a little bit, kind of walk through historically just the past few months or few weeks as to when you guys started to realize this was a thing you're going to have to put a plan in place for and the initial thought processes and so forth. I'd be super interested to hear about that. So around,
0: around January, February timeframe, you know, we started to watch the news. We started to see it coming on. Being that we had offices across Europe, we started to see local governments talk more and more about it, moving across from Eastern Europe to Western Europe to then the United States. And as this virus spread, as things got heavier and heavier in each country, they started putting different lockdowns in place, different requirements and all that type of stuff in place. And it became a real thing. At first, probably around late January, it was just a topic of a conversation. We still had plans to travel to Europe. We still had executives that were going to be flying back and forth. Around February timeframe, when our polling office started to get some word coming down from the government that, hey, we might be putting restrictions in place on schools and different public offices and buildings and that type of stuff, that's when it became real. That's when we are like, oh, you know, hang on a second here. We need to really start to dig into this a little bit, right? We started to look at, okay, what is our business continuity policy, right? What What is our policy for this type of thing? We started having director and level uh, executive level meetings talking about this, talking about like, what is the plan for each office if this starts to come through. And at that point, we weren't even really thinking about closing most of our offices. It was just more of a, if this comes to fruition, right? It was kind of like just a, Let's wait it out and see. And as it got more and more real, we started having heavier, having discussions. Okay, we're going to go work from home. Is that possible? What is our hangups in each office? What do we need? What are the problems we need to address? And we kind of worked through those all within, I would say, probably about a week period. I mean, we, we had to not only figure things out, but get them addressed within a, a two-week period. And we were working from home.
1: You know, as I think about, I was talking to some folks at Rackspace in, and, of course, in different companies, and you talk about people's disaster plans, their DR plans for how they deal with stuff. Now, we get companies who call us all the time. We want to take, get this application and make it DR capable. So, you know, it's really critical and it's got to always run. And, you know, people think about what if the hurricane comes through or there's a bad storm or a tornado in one place or a, an earthquake. But I can't think of anybody who thought, well, what if the world just stops and everybody goes home? How do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a funny topic you brought up just because literally about a year ago, as part of our business continuity planning that we do on an annual basis, we looked at pandemics and this type of situation and we kind of dropped it down on the list a little bit as as a possibility. Our top 15 items are things around fires and natural disasters and, and specific to a local office, not global regional area type stuff, right? Most of our planning was, okay, if this office is out of, Commission, they're going to go to this backup office that we have set up, right? Well, if that backup office is part of the pandemic, we're in trouble. (laughs) So that was part of the problem we had to address. I would say 90 to 95%, if not more of our staff were on laptops, were working from home already. We had some desktop issues that we had to address. Luckily, we had a lot of backup laptops and that type of stuff in place. So once we got through addressing those issues, we were able to go-to straight work from home then at that point.
1: That's pretty incredible. So when you think about getting the machinery and the stuff for people to go home, did you have enough in place or was it a quick call to HP or Dell or whomever to, or Mac to get a bunch of stuff? No,
0: we did make a call to Dell just to kind of handle just the what-ifs and the extras, but I mean, they were three, four months behind at that point. It was kind of eye-opening, kind of, okay, maybe we need to start planning a lesson learned for business continuity in the future. Luckily, we did have a lot of people that if they did need to take a desktop home or something like that, they had the ability to remove it from the office and take it home.
1: That's incredible. So you guys actually let folks go back into the office to get gear so that they'd be able to function.
0: Yeah, so at that point, it was probably like a Thursday and we said, you know, starting Monday, you're gonna be working from home. And we started paying for taxis. We started paying for whatever needed to get this equipment home.
1: (laughs) That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it was very few cases like that. I mean, we're only talking maybe less than thirty, twenty to thirty cases that that was the you know a problem. For everybody else, who is straight laptop going home with it? So,
1: well, what I've seen is, as companies do that sort of stuff is you know twenty or thirty cases across a thousand different people. That message carries far. It shows your commitment to one, making sure that people can still do their jobs because you need them to do their jobs, but also for them to be able to get the gear they need that they're used to. That makes the transition easier because. This work from home, if it's not something you've done before, it can be quite jarring. I mean, I, I see some of the my coworkers. I've done it for years, but I see some my coworkers who would always go to the office. In some cases, they would go there because it was the only place they could go to get things done. Lots of young children running around and different scenarios. In fact, I was, I just saw a post from a friend on Facebook and they've lived in Chicago and they've changed to go live at their in-laws house because they're tired of playing the game. The husband and wife were tired of playing the game of whose meeting is more important this hour to be able to, yeah, you know, who's got to watch the kids and somebody can have, have that chat. But it's a, it's a whole new world to figure that sort of stuff out. But in your role, we think about all these things, electronic and whatnot, but what are some of the things that sort of surprised you that you've had to deal with or that people may not necessarily think, oh, I never thought about that? From my role, we are already
0: a global team on the organization, right? I mean, we had people spread out in three different offices. We were already working from an internal auditing perspective remotely. We're working towards that. So we were doing a lot of the stuff that we needed to do already remotely. So the impact from my team directly wasn't a very big deal. But we had a lot of services where something had to be printed out, something had to be delivered, something had to be packaged and sent out, right? And when it came to our business continuity, we solved that by hey, we're going to shift this to a different office or we're going to shift this to our backup facility or we're going to something to that effect where we had a solution in place for it. But when everybody's working from home, everything's remote. How do you solve for that? Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of like that where the lessons learned here is more that if you're working from home is going to be your new stance on how to solve for business continuity going forward. I mean, I think we're in the midst of a good, is this going to work or not for your company, right? We're we're one month in globally to knowing if this is a solution that's going to work for your company or not.
1: Right, and sort of been the only thing that people could do. I mean, it has to be done now, but will it work for them in the future? It'd be interesting to see the changes that take place once this settles down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that the message I always kind of pushed out there is this is a nice soft rollout of our business continuity testing right now. <laughs> if you're going to push the button on business continuity, this is the way you want to do it because you have the ability to still access the office. You still have the ability to do things if you needed to, to get back in the office in a, a critical situation. But if you're going to be working from home, this is the way we're going to work here over the next couple of weeks or months, whatever it's going to turn out to be. This is the way to do it. So.
1: Super interesting. Yeah, it's it's I hate to say it, it's been an easy way to figure it out, but it's not like an asteroid has hit the earth and, and blotted out the sun. Granted, it's scary and it's bad and and way too many people, their health has impacted in incredible ways. But with their food supply is still in place and the internets are still working and the electricity is still there. So there's a lot of things that are still there. So it is a It's a great way to to test it. And I've been thinking a lot about, okay, so I didn't think about a pandemic and how it would impact the world from a business continuity perspective. Okay, well, if I didn't take this one seriously, what else haven't you taken seriously? And your brain can really start to play what if a little bit there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we are starting to do some research on just trying to figure out is we assume our employees are all 100% healthy and working, right? As part of our plan back in before all this COVID, all of our planning was around, okay, we're going to put these people in this facility. The rest of the people are going to work from home. Everybody's going to be working at a capacity that we expected them before the tragedy or whatever the disaster that happened, happened, right? And it really brought you back to, well, what if there was a, a local disaster, an earthquake, a fire, a tornado, whatever, and a good portion of your employees are not available to be there as part of the disaster recovery? Who's to say that, you know, this illness, the, the virus, is not affecting not only just your employees, but their families and everything else where that takes them offline for two weeks or three weeks at a time, right?
1: Yeah, it's a great call out because what I've seen inside of Rackspace is the company has really pivoted in a pretty amazing way to make sure the health and well-being of the employees of what we call ourselves Rackers is doing well. A few weeks ago, they put a note out from the executive leadership team and there was these mandatory one day off your wellness day. Just go spend time with your family, get your head together. Just don't do this stuff. Don't put it in the HR systems. Just don't come in for a day.
0: Yeah so we have a lot of different mental health related training and different topics that go on in our communications coming down from HR and executive team there's a huge focus on making sure that the stress level and the anxiety level if you will is being managed properly by not only the managers but by the employee themselves you have to be flexible at this time i mean they're home with family they're home with kids they're home in a situation that's just not normal to them right the not knowing the fud right the fear and unknown and all that is really something you have to manage as a company if you're going to stay at a a peak performance to get the work done. I mean, there's still work to do. There's still customers, hopefully. There's still a lot of different things that you're working with, right? Exactly. There's still a job to be done. Yeah. If employees are worried about their family, they're worried about something, hey, Go take a day, go do whatever you need to do. I've had a couple of employees on my team come to me and say, my kids are at each other's throats. My wife's all stressed. Hey, go, go take the rest of the afternoon off. Go do what you got to do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will still be here in the morning.
0: Yeah, they will still be here in the morning. We'll we'll adjust accordingly, right? Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. So, I think you have to. I think this is something that's flexible. I've been on many teams, communication calls, that type of stuff, where you have kids running around the background, you know, parents trying to keep the door closed and <laughs> all that type of stuff. So, it's about flexibility right now.
1: Totally, I'm I'm seeing a lot more of different people's houses than I thought I would ever see, and now I'm starting to recognize. Hey, you're not in your office anymore. Yeah, needed a coffee, so he you know he and his laptop were in making coffee in the kitchen, <laughs> but we still got the job done. And you know, you talk about that. We've actually have seen some stats lately internally that our productivity from a rack space perspective has gone up with people being home. And there was a real concern about that. And you as a customer will recognize we grade our customer satisfaction on what's called the net promoter score, or NPS. It's a, a zero to 10 type of a scale. And that score has actually gone up for us during this timeline. What I think we found is everybody's really pivoting in and there's a realization that people really can be quite productive at home. The company's handling it super well. And it's nice to see those, those hard metrics coming out during this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say the work from home is not the same work from home that's going to be in in six months to a year, right? The work from home you have today is balancing your home life with your work at the same time, right? Usually my kids would be at school, my wife would be at work, I would be home alone working remotely. So it's very hard to say what productivity is going to look like six months from now. But I will say, yes, it's definitely been a successful venture into the work from home space for OEC. It is a, obviously a culture shock change. You know, a lot of people weren't ready, and f- didn't know what how to work from home, right? They just never wanted it. Working was an escape from, you know, home life and stuff, (laughs) if you will.
1: Yeah, it was a a break for things. Now, as you think about how businesses have dealt with it, we've talked a lot about this from a social perspective and from an individual's perspective. When we look at it from a business perspective, there really aren't many businesses unless you're Amazon or hardware provider or Logitech selling webcams because you can't buy those anymore. Not all businesses are doing great. So we think about all the projects and activities that we had scheduled for the year. And I've even seen where we are reevaluating our projects based on the time we have to do it or even available funds. Have you guys seen things that are similar to that? What are some of the impacts?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say for most companies out there, good years may potentially be a slight increase, if not breaking even on the year, right? It's going to be rough 2020 on, on a lot of budgets. And that's going to be if we cut basically as much as we can out of the budget from an expense standpoint, right? I know from our standpoint, we had a 2020 budget all approved and ready to go in January and February, and that's completely out the door right now. We're taking it case by case, expense by expense, and there better be a real critical reason to either improve our revenue, improve sales, keep the business in a stable environment, or it's going to get pushed to 2021 for the the most part. So we're doing everything we can to adjust the soft stuff, the easy things so that we don't have to make the hard decisions later on.
1: Smart. Take a little bit of medicine now, right? But yes, even if you think about the projects that you had planned to do, I know in some cases, are there funds to do certain upgrades? And if you don't do those upgrades, does that impact your whole work from home scenario? Have you guys had any of that sort of situations?
0: Yeah, so not directly, but I will say we've had some looks at our firewalls, some looks at our you know VPN equipment, that type of stuff. I mean, right now, the the bedrock of our company is working over VPN. It's the bedrock of most companies these days, right? I mean, you have to be able to connect in, you have to be able to get on the company network and talk. If those things are coming up for end of life, if, they're come, if, if you had a 2020, if not a 2019 project that got pushed to replace this equipment, and now all of a sudden funds are being cut in half and the budget's out the window, are you able to cross your fingers and risk that, hey, hopefully eight months from now, if our VPNs go down, like do we tell people go into the office and work? <laughs> do you have the ability to do that, right? If our firewalls are breached, what does that look like from customer standpoint? Are you giving your customer a reason to cancel contracts with you to get out of because you were breached don't give them that reason right you have to focus on security at this point because the hackers the attackers whatever you want to call them they're they're not taking a break this is this is like prime time for them
1: it is prime time and it gives them a whole new angle to come in and have a fake conversation or a new attack plane when you're in the office, You can secure that perimeter both physically as well as electronically, but have you had any challenges getting all the networking environments set up the way they needed to be so that people had access that they needed but were still controlled? One, keep them in the places they're supposed to be, but keep people out of messing with their environments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we had the biggest challenge came from our firewall rules and that type. thing. we weren't set up for everybody to work from home. When you worked from home, it was for a very like degraded way of working. You know, you got stuff done that you needed to get done. And if there was special things that you needed to do, we had jump box, we had ways of doing that from home, but really it was meant to be done in the office or in a office. And so when everybody went to work from home, we had to make a lot of adjustments to our our zones and our firewall rules and, and that type of stuff so that people can work. And, and now that we've made these changes, it's a matter of if controlling it and managing it and rolling things back. Okay. We, we got to a point where we can get you home, get you working can I roll that back now to say, okay, what do you really need? What is your least amount of privilege you need to get this job done? And can we, do we have to create new things? Do we have to create new rules, new groups, new whatever that is needed to get you to do, be able to do your job, but not put the company at risk?
1: Mm. Yeah, incredible. Now, how about some systems and tools that maybe you have helped either draw people together or get their jobs done internally? You know, we we spend an awful lot of time on Slack and on Zoom. You know, what's what's your, y'all's word about?
0: So we're a Microsoft Gold Shop. So our biggest communication type tool is Microsoft Teams. We also use WebEx for bigger meetings. But for the most part, everybody has moved over to Teams. Uh, we were using different communication tools before. We kind of settled on, hey, if, if we're going to do this, if this is going to be work from home, we're all going to settle on One tool, Microsoft Teams is the tool for us. And I will say I've been quite impressed with the ability to conduct our meetings, everybody from home and all that type of stuff. We were using different tools before that, that even in the office, it was still like kind of a pain. We still had to make change, do things. Then I don't know if Microsoft ramped up things. I don't know what happened,
1: but I will say I've been very impressed. I haven't had very minimal issues with Teams lately. Oh, that's fantastic. And now was Teams already fully rolled out and were people really adopted into it and and handling things there? Or has this just been the catalyst that that now Teams is the glue of how you get things done?
0: Yeah. So at our last quarterly all hands meeting, it kind of came up that we need to settle on one communication and Teams was kind of decided at that time. And then that was probably about a month or so before everything started to roll downhill with all this, you know, going on, working from home. And it kind of got pushed out at hey, not only is this going to be it, it's it starting today.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting also just to see how people, you know, when you're at the your desk, you you have the ability to to customize your workspace. Well, when you're working from home, well, you can still do it, but you don't necessarily get that from an, an interaction perspective with people. So it's been fun to watch who likes virtual backgrounds, who uses motion backgrounds, who's just, you know, who's working on lighting, who's sitting in the shadow. So that that's been kind of fun to watch as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We we play a game with that, me and my team. We found all the different settings within Teams where you could get all the, the virtual backgrounds when you're going online and, and we're putting all sorts of fun stuff out there. So it's just a way of keeping it light, keeping it, you know, something just for fun. I mean, if there's this professional meeting that you need to have with customers or something like that, that's one thing. But, you know, just inter-team communication, all that type of stuff, it's fun, so.
1: Exactly. Yeah. For yeah, there's all sorts of seen. I mean, people are in cartoons. I've seen most Haver and I've seen all all of that. But when it's time for a real conversation with a customer, I actually messaged some of our corporate comms folks and said, "Do we have some stock photography that you can send me of inside Rackspace corporate office, the castle in San Antonio?" And so then I'll pop up magically inside of Rackspace for those. So it's been entertaining, very interesting. So as you start to think about going back, what's your mind today? You know, how do you reopen an office?
0: I don't have any particular advice, I guess. It's very much going to be a a play it by ear type of thing, right? I mean, I have a feeling that most of our people are going to be working from home, even as we start to go back into the office. It's going to be a slow roll back in. I think there's going to be a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty among employees being close again. We're going to follow, obviously, all the the CDC and all the government mandates and all that type of stuff. We're going to You're going to see a lot more Lysol and different uh, things going on around the office. You're going to see people using their hand sanitizers and all that type of stuff, bumping elbows, you know, whatever the case may be. But I have a feeling you know, as we go back into the office, you're going to you're going to see a lot a lot of uncertainty among the employees until and, and they start to get comfortable with it over a couple month period, and then once we do that, um, once we're back, you know, rolling one hundred percent the way we were before, if that if there is a, a way of doing that, it's just all about the lessons learned. Like, what did we do over these last three months? What worked? What didn't work? Preparing for those two weeks that I mentioned that we ran around getting everything set up. What can we learn from that so that you know the next time this happens, we have like a, a run book to to just you know, add that to the runbook to get that all squared away.
1: Exactly. And I still think there are some executives who would look and they would think, you know, the person's working from home, but are they really working? Well, I think we've proven over the past couple of months and, and the more to come that, you know what, not only can we maintain, but we can actually grow through this whole thing, both in a performance perspective, as well as companies, as well as individuals, which I think has been a great lesson learned. If we had to learn it, I think it's a decent lesson to learn.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we've we've definitely seen that. People I've talked to have seen that at their companies. So I, I think this is a good starting point to a more remote workforce.
1: And think about the benefits to that, too. I mean, it just swings wide the door of the talent that you can attract because they don't necessarily have to be in that city where you have an office or in your corporate headquarters. I'm not saying it doesn't help, but if you really need that person who's living in Idaho, you can get them to, you know, come work for you.
0: I will say that, you know, our customers, you know, hopefully they haven't seen any type of performance hit. We've been right there trying to make sure that everything has been taken care of. Actually, a lot of our numbers are actually a lot better these last month than you know the, the months prior. We have a lot less incidents, a lot less things going on. I don't know if it's just that we're seeing a lot less action or a lot less usage. But I mean, we're hitting on all cylinders right now. Everything is going very well. We're looking to have a strong second quarter from a performance standpoint and, and roll right into the third quarter. And hopefully when we're back in the office and industry's back online and revenues are back up, we'll be right there to, to kick it off. So
1: it would be a great outcome. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for spending some time with me today here just to talk about how you guys are dealing with this. Super informative, and I I hope everybody's enjoyed it. Any parting words you want to just share as we head on out here today?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the lessons learned from this. I mean, this can happen. This is probably a, a really slow business continuity disaster scenario. Just take note of that. Anything can happen at any time. Just be prepared.
1: Fact. Oh, Boy Scouts, be prepared. <laughs> totally. Hey, thanks again for being a part of this. What you guys have done is pretty incredible. The way you've led through it, I'm very impressed. And uh, we're so glad that you're a customer, and we get to help you through it. So, thanks for this today. This has been Mike Willard, who's with OE Connect, and I'm Jeff DeFurter. And thanks for listening. Thank you.
0: This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com.
1: So some pretty incredible things that Mike and the team over at OE Connection have been able to do. My favorite, of course, is the team building through virtual backgrounds. Now stick around just a little bit more. You'll get a sneak peek into what you have to look forward to in the next episode. But first, a huge shout out to the team who make Rackspace Solve a reality for us. This podcast is just one of the types of content that you can find on the site, all dedicated to bringing you timely, tech-focused information to help provide insights into your path forward. Head on over to solve.rackspace.com. That's S-O-L-V-E dot rackspace.com, where you'll discover perspectives from industry experts around digital transformation, trends, innovation, and operations. There's lots of new content there every week, so check it out. Now, let's see what we have in store for the next episode.
0: I tell you, I am probably one of the biggest fans of data. I geek out
1: over this all the time. Having a full view of the customer, all of them in one place that tell a whole picture about what the customer is doing um, with your products or what they might be you know, wanting to do in the future. I've really always
0: looked at data as a virtual supply chain. It's a product that you build where you have to have the right type of planning, you have to have the right type of alignment, you have to know what your customer needs and being able to go ahead and execute that frictionless with high degree quality and repeatability. I mean, that's really, it's a virtual supply chain which you're building.
1: We think of it as a journey, accomplish kind of bite-size goals, making sure you've got the right view and the single source of truth of your data, getting it all into cloud native centralized repository, and then being able to then build BI dashboards or, or models off of it. But that's not all you know a one-shot thing. Like you need to think about it as different steps and an evolution.
0: So as long as you can go and start small, Saying these are my golden sources of data. I'm going to focus all my energy, getting the two, three things right, and then you can build off of that. Early That's momentum super. is absolutely key.
1: That's next time on Cloud Talk.